0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Thank you very much. I thank everyone um, who dedicated today's share. I, I um, knew the Rebbe very well, Feige's father, and um, was a very, very special man, always smiling, always happy. And he's taken uh, um, a very big void and he should be a uh, Melis for Klayistro. We have So many maleitz Yoishas up there That something has to happen already And of course um, My very, 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 very close friend Alan Redder, Oliver Shalom Who, when I first started speaking um, Would go with me to every single speech And the thing about Alan was That he was an extremely straight up Honest, says what, black and white person So if I didn't speak well He would tell me like Oh, that wasn't nearly as good as last time so um, he critiqued my speeches, and I think since then they got a lot better, and he's really missing very, very, very much. A very big B'Simcha, a person, and um, B'Racha and her family have always been very close to us, and the Mitzvah Hashem, we'll, we, we'll see him, very, very soon. It's one of the subjects I want to talk about. I sort of fooled you all, and told you it was about Shalom Bias. I figured we'd get you all here. But it is about Shalom Bias because... Shalom comes from the word also shalom. A person has to be whole. You can't have shalom bias. Shalom bias is not a husband. Everyone thinks shalom bias is just a husband and a wife. If your kids don't get along with you, right, then there's also not shalom bias. If the house is flying and everyone's arguing and everyone's fighting, so even if the husband and wife get along, but in the, the family the, the, the parents are not talking to the children, the children are not talking to the parents, the children are not talking to each other, that's not a shalom bias. It's not a whole that's not a full that's not a whole house. So we're really gonna talk about not shalom bias between f- husband and wife, but shalom bias about how to how to get a whole house, how to get everybody together that there's peace in the house. Because we know that the Shina is only shroy, it only rests in a place that there's peace. Torah, the keli, the vessel that Torah is in, is only where there's Shalom. Where there is no Shalom it says if there's a town, a city or a bungalow colony but there's no shalom you should get out of there as fast as you can because Chas shalom there will be some very bad things in a place where there's no shalom there's sheker, there's a satan there's Machlokes there's everything that the shekhinah hates and will not be at so a place it talks about you know there's a city where there's no shalom then you cannot move there if you know if you're in a colony where everybody's fighting get out before Chas shalom It affects you Shalom is the basis of everything Shalom is the keli of everything And the reason we don't have a base of Mignish today The first base of Mignish was destroyed because of three other But 70 years later it was rebuilt The second base of Mignish was destroyed because of Sinashinam Which is the opposite of Shalom It's actually the ultimate opposite Because Sinashinam means hatred for no reason Now isn't that Does that mean I'm allowed to hate for a reason? Right. According to that, sin means I have no reason to hate you. Well, let's say I have a reason to hate you. Torah says, There's a, a law in the Torah, you're not allowed to hate another Jew. So what do you mean sinas Any sinner? I don't know if it was the Chafetz I think maybe it was that there's no such thing as sinner for a reason. Any sinner, any hatred that a person has for another person is bechinam. Why? Because if the other person hurts you, And the other person did something wrong. I just, in the middle of a huge situation with one of my tamidim. Who has been insulted and hurt and lied about. And and because of this terrible nega of the smartphone. And the the way that Lashon Hara today can spread in one minute. In one minute. Thousands of people... Can hear bad about a person. The in, in, in his time, so he got up, he spoke. I said, "Loshen Har." In this crowd, three hundred people heard Lashon Hara Today, today, in one minute, ten thousand people have on their have on their iPhone that, that, that piece of Lashon Hara You, you, it's it's such a tool for Rachilus and Lashon Hara There's no such tool ever existed. Never, 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 ever did such a tool exist. And this poor guy, the the lashon hara and the lies is not it's not normal, and he's a little tibrochen to say the least. So on my way up last night, um, I was talking to him. I said to him, you know, the people who are doing this to you, really, really lahalakha, you have to go to them and you have to give them money. He said, Rebbe, uh, excuse me, they, they're hurting me. They have to give me money. I'm like, no. You see, if you get embarrassed in public, and you don't answer, you're kind of, and all your khatam, all your sins are forgiven. The worst. The worst sin you ever did in your life. If you're embarrassed in public, and you don't answer, you are totally 100% forgiven, because you're mavram you yidaisav, you're breaking your midah, you're breaking who you are, you're not the same person, you're 100% machaper. Someone insults you in public and you don't answer. Your kind <laughs> of haba It says, "Finished." Oh yeah, there is a forgiven. I said, Yom Kippur doesn't do that. There are various that Yom Kippur doesn't forgive. There are various that misa doesn't forgive. There are various that are never forgiven. But if you get embarrassed in public, it's totally forgiven. I think you need to call them up, those five people, and make an appointment and ask them how much you owe them. He's like, Rabbi, come on, what are you saying? I'm like, your wife and your children I don't know what the gizera was in Shemayim But you, you, You're going to live for a very long time There's a story with the Chafetz Chaim Chafetz Chaim went to speak at a shul And the president didn't like what he said And in front of the whole shul He embarrassed He made the Chafetz Chaim sit down At that time, you know, when you don't know who what you have when you have it So he made the Chafetz Chaim sit down Embarrassed him in front of the whole shul Matzah Shabbos Chavetz Chaim had nothing in his house He had A broken chair A broken bench, nothing The only thing he had in his house That he got as a present Was a bent, little bent Silver cup for Kiddush Matti Shabbos He goes to the president Knocks on the door It's a true story the president comes to the door He says I'm asking you mechila." I don't have anything to give you but this little broken silver cup. This is the most precious thing that I own, and I want you to have it. And the president said, I insulted you in public and you're giving me your only silver cup. He says, You don't understand. I always wanted Ghanai then, but there's no guarantee when you do a mitzvah, you did a lishmah, maybe you did it for other people to see. You don't know if the mitzvah is pure. So I don't, I didn't know until today on Shabbos when I spoke if I'm going to get into the gates of Ghanai. But after you insulted me in front of the whole shul and I didn't answer you, I now know I'm going to I I, If I had a billion dollars, I would give it to you. This is all I have. Please take the silver cup. It doesn't say at the end of the story whether the president took the cup or not. But it could be that he did. To understand that nobody can hurt you In this world Unless it's meant to be Unless it's meant to be Unless Hashem signs on the bottom line Nobody can insult you Nobody can steal from you Nobody can hurt you So if you hate that person And they are going to get punished for what they did And it says So then why do you punish the ganath Because Hashem goes into the room of the Ganif, The guy who's, who's a ganath and that's the shliach that he uses for so the person who has nibble Pet, the person who uses his mouth for terrible things and talks flush and horror about people, he'll be the person that will be used to insult you in public. So he'll have to pay the price that he has to pay. But nobody can hurt anyone in this room without God signing on the bottom line. So once you understand that, then the sinner, of course he has to pay you back, but the sinner... The hatred of the other person is bechinam. There's no reason to hate the other person. Other person's a shliach of Hashem. Other person's got a lot of problems. Other person needs a, a slicha and a kapara. But maybe you should love the other person because you just took away so many of my averis. Everyone knows this story. I never understood this as a kid. When you learn in school that if someone talks such and hard about you, you get all their mitzvahs and they get all your averis. Anyone here really believe that? You really believe that? Someone talks Lashon Hara about you, right? So a person who, who people talk Lashon Hara about has a billion mitzvahs and even in the story, in the Chavetz Chaim book it says on a lesson a day, it says you come to Shemayim and they show you that you gave a million dollars in tzedak you never had a million dollars they show you you did this mitzvah, you built a yeshiva, you did that and you're like, uh, you mixed up my name and they're like, no, this guy who has all these mitzvahs talked bad about you, Lashon Hara now you got all his buildings and everything and he's going to come to Shemayim that he ate a, he ate Burger King. He go Burger King. Chas him. I only ate chol yisro. What are you talking about, right? And he said, Yeah, but this guy when he was young he did an avera. Now you got it. Come on, to everyone in this room. Does th- that make any sense? Really? When I learned this as a child, I'm like, Come on, that's that's amazing. Come on, talk lashon heart about me. Everyone here, get up. Talk lashon I Get all your mitzvahs. You get all my averahs. You're in big trouble. You're all in big trouble. So what's going on over here? How do you understand that? It's very nice when you learn that. How do you understand that? That's it you work so hard they got all your mitzvahs you get all their mitzvahs at the end of life the guy's 90 years old he decides to talk Lashonara about you all his learning all his Torah and all that come on what's going on over here how does it make sense how, how is it even fear Kedush MS Kedush Baruch fear how is it fear a whole life I did mitzvahs so I said something bad about someone so now I lost all my mitzvahs what's going on over here we're going to answer this question in today's year but well, before we answer this question being that it's in the three weeks I'd like to learn a Gemara with you today and that actually it was yesterday I was in Shul and someone said you're going to be speaking um, on Tishabov? you're going to be speaking in this Kylo I speak in a Kylo every Tishabov. B'Av um, I said probably he goes no 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 Mitzvah this year Tishabov's is going to be a Yontif we're going to be in the Beis Migdash. I said, I, "I mean, I said, really? What did you do this year to make that happen?" It's very nice to come and say, make a statement. It didn't happen last year. It didn't happen a year before. So I hear you. Very nice. That's like, it's like the people um, we just we just bought a. I'm not going to get into it today. We just bought a, a, a rehab a horses. We'll talk about it a little bit at the end, whatever it is. And um, it's a, it's the first Jewish girls rehab for girls. We don't have to send our kids anymore to the Mormons, to the Goyim They don't got to pray to Jesus. They don't got to eat chazer. They don't got to go anywhere else. They don't got to learn. They don't have to be taught the Goyish world, the liberalism that they should do and that they shouldn't have any Torah. We decided we, we Bar Hashem, with crazy out to the so we found this place and it's eighteen, it's eighteen acres and. And, and there's horses and there's horse therapy. It, it's a sniffle, nice It's not for today's speech. So I was talking to someone about it. I was trying to raise money yesterday to help me. You know what happens when you when you go to raise money? You get advice. <laughs> when you go to get advice, they charge you money. It's a very funny world. So the guy says to me, Mirza Hashem Rabbi Wallerstein, they won't need this place. They will never need this place in Mirza Hashem. Mashiach is going to come. I'm like, great. Now. But right now we do need this place. So as long as we need this place, you need to help me, not give me brussels. Right? So everyone gives brussels like this year we're not gonna fast. This year the basic me is gonna be here. This year there's not gonna be nine days, right? Because I wanna do my laundry and take a shower and do everything else that I want to do. So there shouldn't be nine days, right? And you have to ask yourself, so what did you do about it? It's very nice to say that. What did you do about it? What did you do that there shouldn't be nine days this year? What did you do? What did you do that there should be a base? I this year? What did you do? You stopped talking about Hara? You started helping people. What did you do? You can't just walk around and say, "Oh, this year Mashiach is coming. We're gonna we're gonna eat on Tishah By the way, everybody, this year we are going to eat on Tishah Right? So whoever gave that bracha last year was right. I don't know how they knew that Tishabov would come out on Shabbos. Right? So this year we will eat. Next year I hope we'll eat on Tishah So so what, what 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 do we do about it? But there is some very good news And the good news is that we're definitely In the ikviz of the Mashiach. We're definitely In the footsteps Yemach Shemam V'Zichram The organization, footsteps What they're doing to Klai Yisrael The Erev Rav But there's another footsteps There's a footsteps that's taking all our children And making them atheists And destroying Klai Yisrael And then there's the footsteps of Mashiach and the footsteps of Mashiach are a lot louder Mitzvah Hashem, than the footsteps of New York City, of this this group of Rishon, that their whole thing in life is to take our children, specifically Chesidish children and make them into atheists and make them do every Aveira every Aveira that's written in the Torah and every Aveira that's not written in the Torah So how do we know? It's very nice, right? Yeah, we're living the Iksh of the Mashiach, I have to tell you I'm not even going to tell you who said this to me, but I was talking about that. We're definitely in the Iqv's of the Meshiha. We never, Klai always had problems. Always had problems. Before the war, before the Holocaust, there were a lot of Jews going off the derech. There was the Haskola movement, the Reform Judaism movement. In the times of the Beit HaMegdash, there was Shvichazdamim, Damim, and there was immorality. But we were never in a generation that it was all in one generation. That going off the derech, and immorality, and chutzpah, in fact I don't Of all the periods That I've ever studied Even the periods Of the, the destruction Of the Beit Samigdash The chutzpah Of children Towards their parents Never existed In the Holocaust Before the Holocaust Even the The, the, the movement Of the reformed Jews And the Haskalah That was taken firm kids out There was no such thing In the Holocaust And you can ask people That lived in Europe At that time was no such thing As answering your mother back or your father back or calling them names or walking out on them or they were the most they were respectful, they might have gone off the derech but the respect, the European person the respect to, to answer back a parent or to curse a parent or to that never existed and there's a Gemara and the Gemara describes at the end of Sota what it's going to be like in the times of Mashiach. So I'm telling this to a Holocaust survivor, we're talking about, and they turn to me and say, Rabbi Wallerstein, stop preaching this Mashiach thing. I'm like, why? He says, when we were taken away to the camps, and when the Jewish, when we realized what was going on and they were exterminating six million Jews in, in crematoriums and in things that, that were Mamish and Pasha's Kisovo in the worst curse. And the worst tokakha that exists in the Torah, even that tochacha didn't come to what the Nazis were doing. Do you know what we were all telling each other? This is it. This is what the navi talked about. This is the end. This is Mashiach. Rabbi Wallerstein, it's 70 years. He's not here. That's what I heard as a kid also. When people were dying and the things were bad, I heard Mashiach is there. Mashiach didn't come. What makes you think? That you got up and spoke about Mashiach what makes you think that just because kids are off to Derech and there's a Shidduch crisis and there's all kinds of crises right Right away when there's problems Mashiach's coming so I said come we're going to learn something and I sat down with him and I'm going to learn this piece of Gemara with you that I learned with him it's the end of Gemara it's the end of Sauter Perch it's um, on page Memtesh on the It's extremely, extremely scary. And this is what the Gemara says. The Ikvesa de Mashiach. in the times, in the footsteps of Mashiach, Chutzpah Yiske. <inaudible> Chutzpah will increase. V'yoka <inaudible> Yamer. And costs will soar. Prices will go up. Hagefen tite Tita Imperia V'hayayin Bayoka. There will be a lot of grapes, but for some reason, the wine will be expensive, will be dear. What does Rashi say? Wine is going to be expensive because everyone's going to be busy, drunk, drinking. When I grew up, wine was Four or five dollars a bottle. It was Malaga. Cream Malaga. Right? Toke. There was no such thing as dry wine. Period. It was all sweet with a lot of sugar. Right? The most expensive bottle if you bought, if you were modern and you bought Manashevitz, right, was four dollars. I had a Pesach program this year. There are bottles of wine that people bring. There are $150, $190 a bottle. Don't even try to put down a bottle that's less than $40. Says the Gemara thousands of years ago, that in the Jewish world, one day, even though there's a lot of grapes, wine is going to become expensive. Because wine, which was never a title of a Jew... The people that are my age or even younger, there was no such thing as Jews that were drunk on Shabbos. They would have a little plum sliverwitz in the morning with a couple of chocolate chip cookies, right? And that was it. Look at our bungalow colonies. Look at, look at Flatbush. Look at all the different areas. Look what goes on at a kiddush. Look at how many kids are drunk. Look how many adults are drunk. The taiva of being drunk is a brand new type. It didn't exist 40 years ago. There was no such thing as Johnny Walker Blue. Nobody knew the difference between anything. Today, you make a vart. God forbid if you don't have good scotch. All the Hassan's friends are going to be like, oh man, you, we're glad we didn't marry into that family. They don't, they, don't, they don't even have good stuff. See what kind of stuff they have at the vart. They're not talking about the vartaira. They're talking about alcohol. I would have never dreamt growing up that alcohol would become a Jewish from Jewish thing. Says the Gemara in the Ichvas of the Meshicha wine will become expensive even though there's a lot of wine. Malchus to the government, the great American government the land that we live in will turn into heresy into allowing things that should not be allowed into atheism and there should be no rebuke everyone can do whatever they want nobody could get up and give blister because the guy that gets up and criticizes anything is a racist, a bigot an old rabbi from a prehistoric time God forbid that anyone should get up and say something that the people in this room don't want to hear Kazoo, oh, everybody wants to be popular. We want the speakers and the people that are running Klaus we all want you to like us. We're not going to tell you, say something that you're going to be on your phone the minute this year is finished and say, Rabbi Wallstein's a wacko. He's against whatever, Zumba and all his other craziness. What are you kidding me? What's wrong with him? What's wrong with that stuff? Right? So we have to be very careful what we say because we, we want you to like us. This is not my words. It's the words of the Gemara. I'm going to read it to you. It's about popular. It's about being popular, not about telling people what's real and what the problem really is. It's about unconditional love. Unconditional love in our translation, in our generation, means give them whatever they want. Whatever they want. They want to eat trays, Buy it for them. Whatever they want, just make sure you give them love because if God forbid a parent says something negative, you're abusive. How dare you tell a child that they're doing something wrong? What a huge mistake in Chinuch. Because that's not unconditional love. That's conditional love. I am letting you do whatever you want on the condition that you like me. So that's not unconditional love. Unconditional love means that I will tell you if you're doing something wrong, even though you might hate me for it. I don't care that you hate me because I want to help you. So I'll tell you your arm is broken so that you get to put in a cast. And you may not like it when they put that bone back together. You might scream and you might yell. And any little kid who you try to get medicine to is screaming and yelling and spitting at their parents. And looking at them with eyes like, I don't understand. You're supposed to love me. Why are you putting this pink stuff or augmenting, or God forbid, the white stuff down my mouth? That I'm gagging. They have They look at you like, but you don't care because it's unconditional love. At this moment, I don't need you to smile at me. I need your temperature to go down. I need your strep to go away. So why do we do that in the physical world? But we're so scared to do that in the spiritual world. Why are we so scared? Because we want to be loved. But at the end of the day, if you don't put them on the right path, and they do the wrong things in the next world, which is 90 years away, 100 years away, they're going to suffer. We don't want our children to suffer. So what is unconditional love? Unconditional love means that I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you do the right thing. I'm gonna tell you when you're doing something wrong unconditionally. Even if you don't like me for it. Cause I really love you and I really care about you. And it's not about you liking me. It's about you being better. It's about you doing well. The whole word of unconditional love is a lie. It's not unconditional. If the kid said to you, ma, you can give me a, you can give me an iPhone. You can buy me movies. You can buy me a pair of pants. You can you could do all that stuff and I tell you right now I'm gonna still hate you. You're not gonna do it. The reason you're buying that thing is because you want them to love you. They told you straight up, no matter what you do, whatever I ask you for, you're gonna give me, it's not gonna make a difference. I'm still not gonna like you. You're gonna be like, so why should I give it to her? So it's conditional love. It's on the condition that you like me, I'll let you do whatever you want. It's not unconditional love. That's the love that Hashem has for us. Unconditional love means, yeah, there'll be things, there'll be times that you'll fast, there'll be times that you're going to have to do things because that's what the Torah says, and you're not going to like it. Hashem also wants to be loved. He can tell us all, do whatever you want. I'm God. There'll be no atheists. Steal, kill, murder, commit adultery, do whatever you want, whatever you like. You want to be a cannibal? Eat people. Whatever you like. So you think there'll be atheists in the world? think someone would hate Hashem? We'd be like, God, you're the man. You bring us the food. You bring us the women. You bring us the drink. You created everything. Wow, there'd be no atheists in the world. That's conditional love. That's I'm giving you everything so that you like me. But that's not what's good for your soul. That's not what's good for you. So you know what? There's going to be people walking around saying, I don't like you. I hate you. You're a mean, evil God. I don't believe in you. And Hashem sits up there. And he listens to all this, to his creations that he created. And he created an amazing world. And we're spitting and kicking and cursing. And he doesn't stop. And he's like, I love you so much. I'm not going to give you mitzvahs on the condition that you like me. I'm going to give you mitzvahs on the condition that the best thing that could ever happen for your soul, which is part of me. It's like a brain cell in a brain. And the brain is saying, I will take care of this brain cell. No matter what it takes. We are part of God. We are part of Hashem. So yes, there are things in the Torah that we don't like. I had a girl in my office yesterday, a bum of a girl, who came to to talk to me. She wasn't dressed. She came, I said, uh, excuse me? She said, I wanted you to see me the way I am. I don't want to to fake you. I'm like, just fake me and just respect me. uh, You know? And she's like, "So anti." And she's already connected to, to the Khber, but she's under 18 so they can't grab her footsteps. She already found them online. And she's so angry. And I explained to her. I said, "I don't know the denim of Sneas, exactly why pants and this and that, but I baruch who is the creator. He created, he's GM. He created the car. Am I going to open some other car? I'm going to open a Lexus glove compartment and look at their book on how that, their car runs. No. GM built the car. So if I need what know what gas, what oil, what spark plugs, what do I do? I open the manual for my car. I'm not going to open someone else's manual. Now, maybe they're Ms. sugar. Maybe they don't know what they're writing. They built the car. It's their car. They know what's good for the car that they built. So even if I don't agree, I think orange juice will make my car run faster. That's very silly. Because they built the car and they said, not only you can't use orange juice, you have to use octane 93, not 91, even though it's cheaper. Why? I want to buy the one that's cheaper. They built the car. So there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Why I have to rotate my tires and change my oil. Build a car that you don't have to change your oil. And the answer is, they built the car. So not everything makes sense. But if you want to understand the car and you want to know what kind of oil to put in, don't guess. Your engine's going to blow up. Open the manual to page 21. It tells you what oil to put in. And it tells you what oil not to put in. So I said to her, I don't understand everything. If I created you, I told her, if I created you, then we can have this meeting and I could tell you why sneeze is important, why this is not important, why that is important, why a bone and a fish on Chavez makes a difference if you take the fish off the bone or the bone off the fish. I don't know. But if I created you, every minute part of you, I could tell you why so if HaKadosh Baruch who wrote a Torah and we know that he gave it to us and I'm not going to go through Rabbi Mechanic's proofs but there are many, many proofs right? Isha Torah's proofs we know he gave us the Torah so if I I want to trust the man who made me the the creator who made me not the man I'll look in his book and he he gave us a manual and it's in the glove compartment Da'on Kodesh. he didn't say human beings try to figure it out on your own he said for Jewish people for the GM car there's 613 moving parts and this is what you need to do. For the other car right, the Chevy or for whatever it is there's seven moving parts for the Goyim are, are we better than them? We're different some cars have more parts some cars have less parts every, every car has a different engine and a different power. Are we better than the Goyim? We're not better than the Goyim. Do not preach to your children that we're better than the Goyim the biggest mistake you could ever make we're different I cannot tell you how many girls I've lost in rehabs How many girls who went to the Mormons in Utah... To get better... Because they're the best at it... And we didn't have... Until after this yon... We didn't have... A rehab for Jewish girls... So I sent personally... To the Mormons... To the biggest missionaries in the world... I sent... One girl after another... From Stalin... From every other yeshiva... From every other school... And I went to all the rebbes... And there's no discussion... Even if they talk about... Yashka... Even if they... If they're... they're, 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 they're They're liberals... An amazing thought that all of you need to think about That I told to this girl yesterday Three girls were in my office yesterday All three are not Shemr Shabbos All three, uh, two are from Hasidic homes And one is from a Flatbush home And for me today, to ask a girl Which I have to ask them, right? You have a boyfriend? Nope You're doing drugs? Nope You're cutting? No. Nope. Keeping Shabbos? Nope. I have to ask that question because when I have to place them in a school, I don't know who's keeping Shabbos anymore. Shabbos is like just going out the door from people's kids. They're on their phones on Shabbos. Just, it's nothing. It's spreading like wildfire. Why? Why is it spreading like wildfire? Why, why did the Suck don't pick on Shabbos? Why do you think he picked on Shabbos? Why, they're not going to Burger King eating cheeseburgers. What's with Shabbos? What has he got with Shabbos? And why is he after women? When I grew up, the bad, the, the guys, the, we were guys off the derech. We were looking for a girl off the derech, but there wasn't. There was no girls off the derech. They were all good girls. What's going on today? I think they're even and maybe ahead. And a gadol said to me in Echisro when I was just there, he said it's much worse because the girls take down many boys. A boy takes down a girl, two girls, but one bad girl. Oof. What's going on? Why is he after the girls, and why is he after Shabbos? And it's a push it. So we we bought this this um, this ranch, and it's based on horse therapy. It's based on equestrian therapy, which for the last five years I've been studying. I've been all over America. There's even a place we turn over to Israel. For some reason, for some reason, horses and women, horses and girls. There's a relationship. And through that relationship, girls who did not make eye contact, girls who would not talk or make eye contact, four or five months into the therapy, they're on a horse. And they're riding a horse, and they're talking, and they're laughing, and I've seen this over and over and over. And it it comes through a trust. It's It's a whole psychology. So I came up with something else. At the end of the whole drowning of all the Mitzrim. Moshe Rabbeinu came out and said, yoshe. Miriam came out with all the women and decided to say Shira one pasuk, Weird Pesach for a woman to come out and say. So, she should have said, Hashem Hashem Shmo. God is the warrior, that's his name, right? She came out and said, with all the women together with music, tambourines, the whole works. There's a reason they had music. I just heard this week that they brought music. First of all, it showed that they had unbelievable Imuna. That was the source of Imuna in, in the Jewish world, by the way, is from the women. In Mitzrayim, it was from the women. They went out to the fields and were with their husbands and spoke to their husbands. It was in, that, that's where the Imuna of Klai wrote. Sari Imenu, she threw Yishmol out. Rifka Imenu, she got Yaakov away from Esav. Rachel Imenu, took the Trophim. Away from love on, w- women are the are the ones that have a muna. So when they came out and they had musical instruments, everybody asks, where did they get the musical instruments from? Everyone's schlepping money, everyone's schlepping clothing, and the women are schlepping drums and guitars. And so it says they left Mitzrayim. They knew that Hashem is going to do something for them, for Klai that they're going to be able to sing Shira for so not like the men who had no musical instruments they packed musical instruments they said something's going to happen we're going to get a chance to sing Shirat Hashem the Emuna of Klai Yisrael is from, from all of you so this is what Miriam said listen carefully Miriam came out of it and said we're going to say one pussum sus berach boy ramah bayam a horse and its rider were drowned in the yam hello what shira is that exactly? So Chazal say, what she was saying to all the women, and you, you have to excuse me, it's not an insult what I'm about to say. That in the relationship of a man and a wife, of a woman and her household, the woman is the sus. The woman is the horse. The man is the rider. Shoot the rider. The horse continues. Shoot the horse, the rider goes down, so the Shewa that she was saying to all the women is, You are the horse, you are the one that Kleiro is riding on, and no matter what happens to the rider, to the man, even if the satan gets the man, he doesn 't get the horse, but if God forbid he gets the woman, he gets the mother, he gets the wife, the whole Family, Rama Mayam. They all drown in the ocean. So the Satan said, Why shoot the rider? Let's go after the horse. Let's go after all the mummies that are in this room. Let's put things in their heads that were never in the heads of women before. Let's put things in their mouth and their eyes and their thoughts that Klaiasra's women never had to deal with before. Let's Break the Remuno. I got an overnight package yesterday. Didn't bring it with me. I do. I mean, I do have it in the car. I have to show it to my wife. From a girl who's in the shidduch world, and she wrote a book, a little book about what it means to be lonely, what it means to be a girl who's not read shiduchim. She wrote a whole book. She sent it to me. She said, "I want you to read it. A whole book with cartoons in it." What a crisis! What a, what a break And she wrote me a letter And she said I have bitachon I've always had bitachon But the shi- what I'm going through In shiduchim Is slowly Breaking my belief In Hashem My friends that were modern That would talk to boys And do what they weren't supposed to They're married with kids I'm lonely I daven I fast I go to amuka I do all the schoolers Nobody reads me a shidduch The shidduch crisis Is to break The Amuna of the women of Klay to break it the people who get married and have problems having children the whole world is having children they're throwing their kids out of the windows they're, they're, they're driving into lakes with them and we can't have kids the Sultan is throwing everything he can to break your imuna, because when your Emunah is broken and the horse goes down we're finished And this is the ikvus of the mishikah The chutzpah is flying The wine is flying But the Gemara says further Even more things that are scary That are mamish happening now So the government we know Right? Pro-abortion, pro-gay Everything, you have to do anything you want Whatever you want I have a whole shot I, that I gave it a share If you want to listen to that share About this whole Zika virus What's, what's up with that? Why did Hashem bring that to the world? It doesn't affect the mother. It doesn't affect the mother. It affects the child. So the person who's getting bit, there's no disease like this in the world. Every disease, the person who gets bit, gets sick. No, the person who gets bit doesn't get sick. The child gets sick. Hashem doesn't do anything for no reason. The mother get, doesn't get sick, and the child is born with a, with no brain or a small head. What? 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 why would you bring that to the world why are you punishing the child and not only that once the child is born right, it's a day old and you took it in a carriage and you went out with it and ten Zika mosquitoes bite it no problem, just scratch it a little bit it itches has no effect on the child only in the womb never such a disease the person who gets bitten she's nothing the father that gets bitten, nothing. Just the child in the womb. Because you're messing around with God's womb. You want to mess around with God's womb? You want to mess around with the child that's in a woman's womb? You want to pass abortion? You want to pass a law that in the fifth month you could go in and cut a child to pieces and then take them out? And it's legal in America? You want to mess with my womb? Then I'll create a creature that'll mess with your womb. Mida k'neged mida. There was never such a disease since the creation of the world. This is what we're living in. This is what the Gemara says is going to happen. The country you will live in will be Apikarsum. The Gemara goes on. Baswad Yiyel Znus, the meeting place of learning Torah will be used for Znus. The internet, whoever has it, you know it has a lot of good purposes. You can hear a share every day, you can hear a lesson from the Khapit Shaim Allah Shankara every day. It's a place that's full of Torah But to the right and to the left and above and below is a place that's full of znus. Even if you don't want to see it. I don't have it, but I'm told about it. Pop-ups, advertisements, things that they send you that you think are something else and you open them up. There'll be a place in the world that will be full of Tyrell. And in the same place, it'll be full of znus. There is no such thing in the world if you have yeshiva it's not full of znus yes there is such a place in the world it's called the internet it's full of Torah. you have questions you can go there's so many websites so many rabbis with facebook so many places to go to learn and to grow just a touch of that mouse to the right or the left and you're in a whole different world such a corrupt immoral world that you could see things that they didn't do in Sodom says the Gemara in the times of Mashiach there will be such a place and the Gemara goes on and the Galilee will be destroyed and the people will wander like in Eretz Yisrael I just read a report that the people they threw out of the places around Gaza many years ago and they promised to resettle them right in Gush Katif those people are still living in caravans they still don't have a place to live So the Gemara says it's going to happen. You're going to throw your own people out of their land. And they won't have a place to dwell. Chachamim, Seifrim, and the wisdom of the scribes will decay. V'yiruchet, and those who dread sin will be despised. God forbid anyone should get up and talk about talking in shul. Or all the other things because the rabbi that gets up and says the truth... Everyone will hate him. He'll be fired in a second. You have to say like nice things. Like, maybe just talk a little. (laughs) Or maybe just, you know, talk at certain times of davening. But I'm never going to get up there and tell you that if you talk by davening, that when your children come to your grave after 120 years and they're like, Tati, Mommy, could you go up in front of Hashem? I don't have any children. Could you daven for me? And you try to go up, they're going to say, You? You talk by davening. You can't go up in front of Hashem. Your mouth... When, when you were supposed to dive in, you did not now you want to dive in because your kids are by your kever. Have a good day. Kava Yasha says this. Have a good day. you have nothing to say and here comes the, here comes the, the, the real banger and the truth. The truth will stand up the, 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 the no, this is what he says the, the elders will stand up in front of the children. Ben Maneuval of the son will be will, be will, will deride his father Bas, a daughter will rise against her mother and a daughter-in-law will rise against her mother-in-law this I don't think anyone until our generation believed whatever would happen the Gemara says the biggest enemy of a man Anche Beso will come from his own family. The biggest enemy, the one that gives you the most anxiety and the most agita and shows you the most hate, it's not going to come from outside. It's going to come from inside. How many times I have seen children deride their parents and say things to their parents that is not even... You can't even... I can't even express... To hear a child talk to their parents in front of me The way that they speak And then he says The face of the generation Will be the face Of a dog What does that mean? Says the Chafetz Chaim And I would never say this without the Chafetz Chaim Saying this I will read you from the scroll What they wrote What does that mean that the face of the generation Will be the face of a dog a leader must guide his people authoritatively and teach them right from wrong. But in the period before Mashiach, the leaders will first check to see if their, youth, their views will be popularly received, like a dog that looks back to see if his master follows. In the times of Mashiach, it's all about making sure that we're popular. We're not going to say anything to you that's unpopular, that people don't like to hear. Like a dog that looks back to see, is my master behind me? Is my master behind me? It's am Time, not Rabbi Wallstein. Gener- generation where it's all about being popular, about saying things that are popular. And in the end, <laughs> the son will not be embarrassed in the presence of his father. Says the Gemara, this is doomsday, it sounds like. So what, who's going to save us? Who do we lean on? All that's going to be left is HaKadosh Baruch. There will be nowhere else to go. That's the Gemara It's the final page in the Gemara of Sota, the last page in the Gemara of Sota. It's interesting that it's brought down in the Gemara of Sota because Sota talks about a woman who was told not to go into a room by her husband and she went anyway, and we don't know what happened in the room, and the client would give her to drink from it. And it's brought down that Kersh in the end will say that we, Kleisro, we we're not matama. So it happens to be in the end, the last page. So so I learned this with this Holocaust survivor And I said The Holocaust part of the Gemara from before That said there will be a terrible war in the world You had And we had that part already I said but you didn't have the chutzpah and you didn't have the leaders that were scared to say what's on their mind, and you didn't have kids cursing their parents, and you didn't have winos that, you know, everyone's going to a different kiddush or a different wedding, and it depends what they're serving, and if God forbid you're some from weirdo that decided not to have alcohol at your wedding, God forbid, right? The chas is embarrassed because, oh, what are my friends going to do? How are they going to be happy? They have nothing to drink, so they bring their own drinks. Chas v'sham. Didn't have that in the Holocaust either so I said to him this whole Gemara you didn't have but there's nothing in this Gemara that we're waiting for to happen that's not happening so there's no Shiloh this is not the Holocaust this is a different kind of Holocaust there's no Shiloh that this is the Ikvosa the Meshich I didn't want to spend so much time on this Gemara but before I walked in I said Hashem should come out of my mouth but they need to hear not what I need to say so I have to really end five minutes left I want to tell you a story about Shabbos so why is he after Shabbos? why all these kids I'm telling you from kids I have sitting in front of me I'm like no boys, nothing I'm like what about Shabbos? I don't really keep it (laughs) schools in our regular schools like what? and the way they say it's like well you know I, I I don't do baira. I don't flip on the light. I only use my phone. That's all I do. I don't know. There's a hat somewhere. I don't know. I only use my phone. I'm like, it's Shabbos. So why did the sultan come after Shabbos? And the terrace is like this. Every avera that a person does, you have an answer. A little bit, you know. Hashem, everybody does. You know, you let everyone do whatever they want. You have all these rules and all these laws. It's not so easy. It's sort of like a husband and wife relationship. You know, I, I can't always be perfect. I can't always be on time. I can't always wear the suit you want. Eh. Shabbos is not laws. It's not what you think it is. The Gemara says that when Hashem gave us the Torah, He was in, so in love with us that He said to the angels on Shavuos, "This is my collar. But I gave her the Torah But that's the Kedushin That's that beautiful ring You know the ring Kedushin The diamond ring And the gold band But what am I going to give her In the Chupa room It's put down in Kabbalah What am I going to give the Kala In the Chupa room And Hashem went searching I'll show you the Medrash He went searching Whatever that means In his vault What am I going to give the Kala In the Chupa room And he said Oh my gosh I have this one thing in Shemayim that's more beautiful than anything else I have in the world. Ushma, Shabbos. And the Malachim said, no way. In Shemayim, Shabbos, even Gehenim is turned off. Everything rests in Shemayim. Everything. Every Malach, everything's turned off. We don't even understand what Shabbos is. They said, there's no way that you're giving them Shabbos. That stays up here. You're the Torah ready. We don't want you to marry this column. Okay, you didn't listen to us. You married her. You gave her the Torah. You're not giving her Shabbos. Hashem said, no, I-, I have to. I love them. And he gave us his most precious thing, Shabbos. And the Satan said, I will show you how bad, what a wicked wife you have. What a wicked wife. There are wives that don't listen to their husbands. Okay. All right? You agree. Ah. But a husband to come home and say, Shefullah, I love you so much. I went to a hundred jewelry stores. I looked at different jewels, all kinds of jewels. And I found a jewel because I was scared. Maybe I'm going to bring you home pearls. You don't like Pearls. Maybe I'm going to bring home a big diamond and you want a sapphire. So every store I went to, I said, do you have something that I want to surprise her? So do you have something that she will 100% love? And I came to this one store where he has a ring and it has all the jewels on it. A diamond, a sapphire, a ruby, pearls, gold, everything. And he said, There's no way she can't like it. Because one of these things in there she has to like. Altogether, it's a piece made for kings. And you come home to your wife, and you spent your last penny, and years of looking, and you have this beautiful ring. And you're like, I love you so much. I found something. I wanted to surprise you. I found something. That whoever saw it said There's no one in the world That won't like this And you take out that ring And you give it to your wife And she looks at it And says I hate it And throws it at you Steps on it Into the dirt Just get that out of here That's what Chilol Shabbos is. I just described to you what Chilol Shabbos is. It's not the Torah. It's the present. And the Satan said, If I could get them to throw the present back in God's face, he will never forgive them. So in the times of Moshiach, when the Satan's going down, he wants to take us with him what better way to take us Matt, nah, you can't eat Chazer or your skirt's a little short that's not an insult to Hashem that's you being a bad girl Machal Shabbos is an insult to the king of kings so this generation he created the iPhone and all this garbage you think it's for pornography and for lashon hara? That's all stuff you have a Yetzirah for. The thing he created is to make it an addiction so that children can't live without it on a day that you're not allowed to use it. It's the destruction of Kla Yisrael. Take Shabbos out of Kla Yisrael is no longer Kla Yisrael. The way we describe a Jew is a Shomer Shabbos, not Shomer Negia, not Shomer Koshris. Not even Shomer Taras HaMishpacha. Are you a Shomer Shabbos? What do you mean? That's it? Yes. That's the ring that God gave us. And that's who He's after. Now, I don't want to leave, I'm ending with this, and I don't want to end on a down note. Right? Wallstein? oh my gosh. So, in a way, it's good news, what I told you today. Because Rabbi Akiba was walking by the base of Amigdash. And it was destroyed And the foxes were running And everybody was sitting and crying And Rabbi Akiva was laughing And they said, laughing? The Kohen Gadol couldn't walk here If he walked here A fire came down and burnt him None of you died, right? And a fox can run through And nothing's happening And you're laughing? And he said, yeah Because the Chayah Novi said That one day There's going to be foxes Running through And nobody believed it But at the end of the Chayah Novi said, but Mashiach's going to come So now that the foxes Did their thing Now we're waiting for Mashiach So at the same time That's very depressing, the Gemara. At the same time, we are in it. I told the Holocaust survivor, we are in it. You had one simon. We have them all. There's nothing in this Gemara that's missing. There's nothing to wait for. It's all here. So it's a very dark place, but at the same time, there's hope. So Some of of you have heard this. I I said it on one of my, my tapes. But So there's a girl that I'm dealing with Who's in a very bad place. She went through crazy abuse and she's gone from rehab to rehab to rehab and she ended up in Florida in a place. Or Goyim. She's the only Jew there. $30,000 a month. The best. The best. Supposedly. And because of what happened to her and it happened through Jewish people, her hate, her hate for Yiddishkeit because that's what Yiddishkeit meant to her. She was totally separated from HaKadosh Baruch Totally And she went down to this place And because they were all gayim And like Didn't understand what a Jew was So she started talking about Who she is And what she is And why she's different And all of a sudden It rang in her own head Like oh my gosh I'm different So it sort of Rehabbed her That you, you know You don't realize what you are Until you're with others And she was like Hey I'm proud You know I'm proud of what I am. They were all like, Wow, you Jews, like you know, you eat differently, so she can't eat trays because they're all looking at her like, Wow, you're so holy, you know? And and you dress differently. So she tried she bought pants, she threw all the skirts out, she bought pants to go there, and then she got I went down there and then she went skirt shopping because because they're all telling her, like, wow, you're different. So now she can't be like, I'm not different. So I am different. So she's becoming a Jew because of the Gaum. It happens. <laughs> it happens. And when I told you before, not to tell your children a guy are bad, I've lost a lot of girls because they go to rehab. And they're taught in school that Goyim are bad. And then they go to rehab and the people that save them are Goyim. The therapists are Goyim. And the psychiatrists are Goyim. And the girls in their group are Goyim. And they become friendly with them. And these people are good. They're Mormons. They're nice. They're sweet. So many girls have said to me, you know, in Wall Street, my, I went to this cedarship place, this other place, and they were telling us that Goyim is schmutz. And if you see a nun, spit on the floor. And all kinds of craziness. And, and it's not true. It's not true. They, they're so kind. and They're so sweet. It's a lie do you know I was there for 12 months do you know how much better I am right now I got past a lot of stuff and they helped me and they saved me so at Wongstein if my teachers and my parents lied about that maybe they lied about everything else don't tell them that Goyim are no good because if a guy does something good for them then they're going to think you're a big liar about everything so she's becoming a Jew because she's with Goyim and one day she writes me she wants a sitter I sent her a sitter I knew okay that's a good thing I want to tell you the email, the last email I got from her. And this should help us all. And she wrote the following. Sometimes when you're in a very dark place you think you're being buried. But really, you're being planted. There's a lot of schmutz and a lot of stuff being poured on Clyde's fellow's head. And we're thinking, Hashem, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're just burying us below layers and layers and everywhere we turn, layers and layers and layers. Says this girl, wrong. He's not burying Klai Yisrael. He's planting Klai Yisrael. And beneath all this darkness and soil is a seed that's going to grow. The seed of Mashiach, the seed of Geulah. And we have to go through this to get to where we're going. You have to give your children unconditional love. And that means they know that you love you, but if they're doing the wrong thing, you need to tell them they're doing the wrong thing. If the arm is broken and you don't tell them the arm is broken, then they grow up with an arm that's totally twisted and they cannot use. You need to show your children and your husband that you love being a Yisro and that you're not struggling with Tznius and you're not struggling with everything because if I'm your daughter and you're struggling I don't want to struggle why would I be like you? why would I be Jewish? why would I stay in a Yaakov? if mommy is struggling I don't want to struggle if mommy struggles with Shabbos I don't want any part of that the wife, the woman, the sus, has to show this is what she loves. This is what she enjoys. You are the ones that are going to take us out of this darkness, out of this gullus. And if you don't, we're not going anywhere. And you are the target. He takes you down, we will go down. Well, Baba Chareva, I don't understand. I read this story in a sefer and we'll end with this thought I say it three times before I end, this is the third one so I'm really, really I'm really, really ending and then I'm going to tell you that we're going to make Mitzvah market I'll tell you that um, now is making, we have this market that we have in the city, we ha- we're making this market up here, one day I'll tell you when it is at the end, and the reason that I made this market is as follows, it's really all for you right, so we have 60 vendors it's on a Wednesday after Tisha B'Av um, it's the Arnav market We're doing it up here in Lake Sheldrake in the college. So outside of trying to raise a little money, I know that everyone in this room has a very big struggle. All the new stuff comes in in the nine days. you got to run to Borough Park because you got to be first. Now, you all know the halacha, right? That if you don't buy it, you just pick it out and put it in layaway. Sort of not allowed in the nine days, but if you do it like when you take the dress off you do it this way right and then you just you don't buy it you just sort of give them a credit card but the credit card doesn't collect for 30 days so it's not like they took the money out of your credit card so you didn't really buy it in the 9 days unbelievable there's some women that are such a 'm done it's like unbelievable so, so everybody goes in in the 9 days and they're like I'm here to shop but you understand I'm not really shopping Because you're not allowed to really shop in the nines the lady's like, I know, everybody here Look at all these layaways, they have a truck, a tractor trailer outside It's full of layaways, right? Because you're not allowed to buy, but you're allowed to put away, right? Whatever So we said, you know what, instead of making you schlep to the city For the nine days and You know, buy it, but don't buy it, but sort of buy it We're going to bring the market up here Three days after Tisha And you can buy it after Tisha So we got the same vendors, pretty much That were there, if you were there in 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 the winter In the marketplace we're going to do it up here and I'll, I'll announce the where it is and what it is and you should be Matzliach so let me tell you something from Lubavitcher Rebbe we'll end with this so this little boy comes for a dollar with his father and Lubavitcher Rebbe says to him are you by mitzvah he goes yes I'm by mitzvah he says do you like baseball Lubavitcher Rebbe, do you like baseball the boy says yes Within the 1950s the Rebbe says who do you like the Yankees or the Dodgers Those are the two teams in New York. Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Yankees. So the boy says, the Dodgers. And he says to the Rebbe, by the way, I went to a Dodger game two weeks ago. And the Rebbe says, who won? And the boy says, well, I'll tell you the truth. The Dodgers were losing 8-0 in the seventh inning. For all those women who don't follow baseball, there's nine innings. (laughs) It was the seventh inning. And I said, they're not going to win. So we got up and we left. And we went home, and the Dodgers lost, 7 nothing. And the Rebbe said to him something unbelievable. He said, did the players also leave in the seventh inning? And the boy looked at the Rebbe and said, no, Rebbe, there are fans and there are players. The fans can leave whenever they want. The players have to be there to the end of the game. And the rebel looked at this boy And he said, I know There are two types of people at a game They're the fans And they're the players The players have to stay till the end Do you know why, he said to the boy The players have to stay till the end Because the game is not over Till the last out The fans can leave wherever they want He said, the people this is what he told this boy the people that are successful in clay's role are the players they don't leave the game ever until it's over they never leave the game it's your choice he said to the boy whether in life as a Jew we're all at the game everyone here's got the game we're all in the game of life but it's everyone's choice are you a player are you going to stick with it till this Gemara comes to fruition? Till Mashiach comes? Are you going to work on your Amunah? Are you going to work on your... what you say and what you don't say? Are you going to work on your showing, your family, including your husband, your love for God and your love for Shabbos? And you're going to give them time instead of your phones. You're going to give your children time. Because the love of a mother is the most important love. I, as a child, I used to watch army movies. And always at the end when the guy gets, the soldiers are shot and they're dying, right? Their last words are, tell mommy I love her. Never, they never said tell daddy I love him. Mother has a place, I, I said this a few years ago, if you knew, if every woman in this room knew your power and your strength, you would, you would be overwhelmed. A word from a mommy, I love you to a child, you're special, Is beyond any therapy, medicine, Rebbe, teacher, counselor, a mother telling a child, I love you, and don't worry, you you try, as long as you try, it doesn't matter. Instead of ripping their heads off for getting a 50, instead of always being disappointed, always focusing on what they didn't do, a mother's word, not a father's word, unconditional from a mother, whether it's, whether it's a hard word or a soft word I told you about that story with that man of Florida it's the saddest story he's so famous he's so rich he's so everyone knows him and I spoke in Florida he happened to have been in the shul he was in the back he wasn't even at my share he was learning and he heard me talking about this mother thing and he said "Ray you don't even know what you're talking about he said my mother he said was a Holocaust survivor she lost everybody I think eight kids were killed she came to America she married this guy's father She lost everything. He said, my mother never said I love you. My mother never said an emotional word. I never heard her say something emotional to my father. To me, never a word. And my father understood that it bothered me. And my father said, you don't understand. Mommy lost everything. She thinks the Holocaust is going to happen again. So she doesn't want to get that close that they're going to rip her out. They ripped him out of her hands. She's scared they're going to rip you out of her hands. She can't get emotionally connected. He said, my whole life, he's a Powerful man. For a lot of money. He said, my whole life, I understood. And I made peace that my mother can't share emotions. Three days before she died, I was sitting, he told me, I was sitting next to her in the hospital. And she says to me, I'll make up a name, Ramallah. Come here, I have to tell you something. He said, Rabbi Wallstein, you know who I am. My legs were shaking. Is she going to say it? And she turns to her little boy, her boy, and she says, Ramallah, I never told you this. I'm so proud of you. And? And what? I'm very proud of you. That's all? Yeah. I know what you do. I know what you did. You have a beautiful family. I just want you to know I never said it to you in school, and I never said it to you. I just want you to know I'm proud of you. To so Reverend I love my wife, I love my children, I love my grandchildren. I made hundreds of millions of dollars. The biggest moment in my life was when my mother said she was proud of me. Guy made $100 million in a day flipped buildings in Manhattan. Grandchildren, children, he's the man. He said nothing, all that stuff, nothing. My mommy said, she didn't say I love you, I'm proud of you you don't even know what that is for me he said I'm like you need that. I'm in the head I'm like you need that you needed that doesn't matter anyone can tell you could be the superstar your wife could tell you you're the best thing that ever happened your friends could be like whoa your mother pulls you aside and says Shefullah I love you Shefullah I dogged my whole life when I was a teenage girl to have children like you wow that's it doesn't need anything else no psychologist nothing just that the power of every woman in here Forget about what you tell your husband You, you know I ca- After this year People are going to come over Rabbi Wallstein It was great It wasn't great Whatever you're going to say It doesn't matter to me What you say Sorry There's one woman in this room That I care about what she says and That's my wife Because my wife Is going to tell me the truth And if my wife says Thank you very much That was very good for everyone Thank you And it was great I'll be in New York. I'm, I'm leaving here. I'll be there in twenty minutes. <laughs> and if she says you talk too long, it was boring. It'll take me four hours to get to the city. <laughs> you don't know the power of a wife. You think us guys we go around like I'm in business and this and that. What do you know of that? A wife complimenting her husband. We need that. We need female. We need that. We're born with that. That's why we get married, or we wouldn't get married. Right? What are you? You are our mirror. You were created. What does the tiger say? Leave your parents. The wife is the husband's mirror. When you want to look good, where do you look? Where do you brush your hair? Where do you straighten your tie? In the mirror. When a guy wants to look good, if his wife thinks he looks good, and his wife's proud that he's learning, and his wife's proud that he's going to a minion, and she says it, we walk differently. We hold ourselves differently. You don't think it's important because in our world, it's like, well, it's what your wife said. As long as the guys are like, whoa, you're the best baseball player. That's what he really cares. When a woman says you're the best husband, I can't believe what I got. To us, that's more, you're thinking, oh, maybe him, but my husband, no. You don't, you, we cover it because we're, <laughs> we're macho macho. We cover it. But that's the, that's the greatest thing. And that's the greatest kayak that a woman has is her love. That's her greatest kreyach. So don't, you know, oh, my kids know. I hear it all the time. My kids know. My kids know I love them. This man knew his mother loved him. Until she said she was proud of him, it didn't matter. You have to say it. The mission says, you have to say it. That's what you use your mouth for. To tell people, to tell your children, you have to save them. I'm telling you. Listen to Reverend Wallace. I'm the guy in the trenches. Nebuch. I'm the guy that sees the bodies. I'm the man in the trenches. I am telling you. There's nobody that can save your children. There's no psychologist. There's no rabbi. There's no Wallerstein. There's no one in this world that can save your children. Except you. You are the best psychologist. The best rabbi. The best friend. The best teacher. The best mentor. Is a parent. Because they are a part of you. When you leave this world after 120. Your kid that's walking in the world is made from you. You're still here, physically. You're still here, it's part of you. No therapist is part of your child, no teacher, no rabbi. There's only two people that are part of all our children. That's a father and a mother. So you're talking to yourself. My share today was about sholem, getting healthy with yourself. Because when you're, when you're healthy, then your children and your husband are gonna be healthy. Can't get healthy on a phone. You can only get healthy when you're on your own and you think about... You meditate and you think about who I am. What am I doing? Where am I going? What are my good aspects? What are my hard aspects? Then you get healthy. When you get healthy, then everyone around you gets healthy. If you're in pain and you don't feel good about yourself, then everyone around you doesn't feel good about themselves. Meraglin came back and they said, we're we're a bunch of grasshoppers in the eyes of the, of, the, of the giants. But if you look at the plastic, they first said, we're a bunch of grasshoppers in our own eyes. Then they sit with grasshoppers in the, in the, in the giant's eyes. You, pro, you project what you are. You've got to walk out of this room today and you've got to talk to your kids and you've got to talk to your husband. And the most important person, the biggest friend that you have is you. You've got to talk to yourself. You've got to love yourself. You've got to focus on what's good about you, not what's bad about you. Whatever's bad about you is also good because you're going to fix it. And it's going to give you struggle muscle. You've got to come out of here, you got to not be on your phone calling a million people. you got to go to your house and sit for an hour and digest what I said. And you got to get healthy, and you've got to get happy, no matter what's going on in your life. So you're being planted. Okay, I'm not going to break surface for a little while, but I'm going to break surface. And if you feel that way, and you're positive, then your house is going to be shalom. But if you're beating yourself up the whole time, and you're busy with everyone else, And that's the answer to my question. If you talk Lashon Hara about someone else, it's because you're jealous of them. So if you're jealous of them, what does it mean that I want to be like them? Because the whole Lashon Hara comes from Kinnah. So Hashem says, oh, you want to be like them? You're jealous of them? Okay, I'll give you all their averis. Now you're like them. That's what you wanted. And the person... That you spoke about. You want to be like them. Right? So if you want to be like them, so give them all your mitzvahs. So then you'll be alike. Give them your mitzvahs. They'll give you their avarice. And the two of you are going to be best friends. Hashem said, you did that. You had kinna You wanted to be like her. Okay, you want to be like her? No problem. Give her all your good stuff. She'll give you all her bad stuff. Hey, now you like her. Perfect. You wrote that. That's how it works. Be happy with who you are. There's only one of you. My mother said Baruch Hashem when I told her that. (laughs) We're all different. We all have different fingerprints. Hashem created us in a beautiful way. We are like Hashem. We are Echad. Everyone in this room, Miriam, Chaya, Chani, you're all Echad. There's only one of you. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Miriam Echad. Everyone here, there's only one. There'll never be another one of you. And there never was another one of you. Even in Gilgal, it's not the same person. So that's it. You are the only one. You have the chance. Don't ruin it. We're going to do something about it, and because we're going to do something about it, this Tisha B'av will be not only a Shabbos but a Yontif. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.